Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome to DC. DMV, you know who it is, Youngest in Charge Movement, Linnell Willingham, here with you live and local on the Team 980 and always streaming live on the free Odyssey app, ride with me for the next three hours, I'll take you up to three o'clock here on the new midday show here in town, Burgundy in gold today, we got the best Washington Commanders coverage in town, expert analysis, fan reaction, and some of the biggest names in Burgundy in gold history. Super jam-packed show to get to here today. I'm feeling a lot more calm than I was yesterday at this time. I will be completely honest with you. You all know I came off the top rope yesterday for good reason. But look, the message stays the same. We got 13 weeks left in this season. As a team, despite starting off 1-3, and three, all of their goals are still attainable. This loss against Dallas doesn't have to be the end-all, be-all as far as 2022 is concerned. Despite how negative it may feel right now, doesn't have to be it. The season's not over yet. I just need this group to show signs of life because the last three Sundays have been miserable. I said it yesterday. I'm much more accepting of a close loss a hard-fought contest, but the double-digit losses have to, and I mean have to stop. There is too much talent on this football team to go out the way they have the past three weeks, but we'll see. Like I said, Sunday, you get another chance to change the narrative. Sunday, you get another opportunity to quote-unquote flip the script. Beware, though. You don't have too many more of these opportunities left on your schedule. You don't have too many more opportunities to turn this thing around because once again, this football team has dug themselves into a hole early for whatever reason, for whatever reason. And look, I don't even care about why. That's not important at this point. When you're in year three, the why doesn't matter as much. 
It's about wins and losses. That's it. So hopefully the sense of urgency has been heightened over there in Ashburn because if last week was a must win, if last week against Dallas was a must win, which I dubbed it, this week, listen closely, this week is a win or else. Find a way or else. Now, look, I leave the or else up to the fan base. I leave the or else up to ownership. I know what my narrative will be if this team drops his fourth straight game on Sunday. And look, for the crowd of folks who got a problem with how I'm coming off, deal with it. If you was tuned in yesterday, I told y'all, I'm done sugarcoating things with this football team. Show me signs of life. Prove me wrong. Because guess what? If you don't win Sunday against Tennessee, some real difficult conversations are going to have to be had. It won't be any more laughing at reporters during press conferences because guess what? I'm going to be laughing at you. You know, I got here. I understand everybody's frustration, especially how proud this organization is. This organization's got five championships. You kidding me? I get it. Look, play if you want to. Play if you want to. There's a certain point. There's a certain point during this season where, look, if you don't turn things around, we're going to be laughing at you. Where is the sense of urgency with this group? You've given up a league high 17 sacks, but you made zero changes to personnel. It took you till week four to make a change at right guard. Finally. Finally, someone else is getting an opportunity. Because it's not like the guys that we have out there right now. You're one and three with them. Why keep doing the same thing over and over again, expecting some sort of different results? It took you till week four. Week four to make a change. It's earlier than you made a change last year, though. You can be a badass all you want. You can curse in press conferences. You can do whatever you please. You don't get it, Ron. You clearly don't because you got players, i.e. Landon Collins, telling you what position he is or isn't going to play. Give me a break. You know what? I'm not even, I'm, I'm even going to go down this road. I'm not. I'm not because, honestly, yesterday wore me out. It really did. So I'm not going to go there right now. I'm trying to be optimistic. There's another football game to be played on Sunday. Like I said, there are 13 more of these things. So at some point, the Bucs got to stop. Does it stop this Sunday at home against the Tennessee Titans? That's what I'm trying to figure out. But I told y'all, I'm not changing. I promise I'm not. I refuse to change. They got to make me change. And when I say they, I'm talking about the Washington Commanders. Make me shut up. If you don't like what I'm saying, produce better results. Because I know how it gets over there in Ashburn. I know there's ears everywhere. I'm telling you. I'm done pulling punches, though. I'm done. It's my last time talking about it. It's my last time going on a rant like this. Until at least Tuesday. Because what did I say? Last week in Dallas was a must win. This weekend at home against the Tennessee Titans is a win or else. Look, we got a jam-packed show for you all today, per usual, 
We'll start to peek ahead at Sunday's opponent. Did I mention it's a must-win game on Sunday? Look, the Titans come to town. They're red hot right now, winners of two straight. Derrick Henry seems to have it figured out. That defense is rolling. They're starting to turn people over. We'll scout the opponent at about 1230. Our man Teron Davenport, ESPN NFL Nation reporter for the Tennessee Titans, will give us the latest on what's going on in Music City. They got off to a nightmarish start. But the last two weeks, but the last two weeks, Tennessee, they've righted the ship. Something Washington is trying to do. The last two weeks, Tennessee's gotten back to playing their brand of football. So we'll check in on the Titans coming up at 1230 at 1.30. We'll take a trip out to nowhere land, as I like to call it. Ashburn, Virginia. Our friend Michael Phillips of the Richmond Times-Dispatch is set to join the program. He's out at the park today for practice. Some big news confirmed this morning. You all probably already know. Rookie running back Brian Robinson was officially activated off the NFI list. We'll get the latest on his status for Sunday for Michael Phillips. We'll also go ask Mike about the mood around the park right now. How guys are handling the adversity now that they're in the midst of a three-game losing streak. I told you all yesterday, I was listening to the John Kahn report post-game after Commanders and Cowboys on Sunday. Nikki Javala was the guest. And the beautiful thing about this season and something we can gauge right now that we couldn't gauge a year ago due to the pandemic, the locker rooms are now open. Locker rooms are open. So now you really get to see guys' body language on a day-to-day basis. And like I always say, these are humans. So when people are frustrated, it's going to begin to wear on them. When people are frustrated, you're going to know right away. Open lockers, you can see people. Nikki Javala on John Kimes' podcast said, John, I'll be honest with you, the frustration is already starting to mount. Here in D.C., the frustration has already reached its tipping point. And clearly, it's not just in the locker room that the frustration is mounting. The frustration is mounting within the media. The frustration is mounting within the fan base. And the frustration is mounting within the coaching staff. Listen to Ron Rivera Monday when asked a question by ABC7, Scott Abraham. Hey, Ron. Um, there's already some separation starting uh, in the NFC East. Uh, obviously, um, you don't want to get that gap too 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 far. Um, is it, where's the sense of urgency right now? Because you look at the division and <laughs> it's where the you're same, at. It's the same as it's been, Scott, just like I said yeah, last week. There is a sense of urgency. <laughs> That's why I said you don't get it. You don't. You don't. And shout out to Scott from ABC7, man. He's a hell of a lot better man than I am. Because guess what? You want to laugh in my face? Mid-question? Scott's right. Where is the sense of urgency with this group? I can't tell there's a sense of urgency within this group, which is why the question was warranted. I told myself I wasn't going to go down this road for the second straight day. But here we are. This isn't Carolina, Ron. When things get tough. You can't hide behind a podium and a microphone. You can't hide behind a feel-good story. It's real. It's real now. You're in year three. Something's got to change. Last weekend in Dallas was a must-win. This weekend at home against Tennessee is a win or else. Straight up. Like I said, though, we got good news out at the park. Brian Robinson 
going to be back out on the practice field. We'll ask Michael Phillips how much he participated, how good did he look. We'll have some fun here on the show like we always do. We're heading into week five. So right now I think it's a perfectly appropriate time to do some quarter pole commander superlatives. We'll open up the phones for that. You all know how I get down. It's the people show. Phones back working. Hallelujah. You can tap in with me, though, all show long, one of two ways, 301-230-0980. Twitter and Instagram, you can tap in with me there as well, N-E-L-L underscore BTP. ESPN had a very interesting report this morning, and one of their insider pieces, Commanders fans probably aren't going to be too happy with this one. I'll give you the details next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast (laughs) well our producer matthew essie Thought it'd be a good idea to play Kanye today. Because he's always an idiot. So it's a perfect time to play some Kanye at all times. Team 980 and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. Burgundy in gold today. 12 to 3 right here on the Team 980. Jam-packed show today, man. Started off on a heater once again today. That's how I'm coming for the next 13 weeks. Deal with it. Deal with it. Right now, though, I want to focus our attention to the folks in the national media. Because I noticed really every year, the national media sometimes is always a little bit out of touch for what's actually going on in some of the local markets, right? We're the commanders. Nobody really gives a crap about us on the national media scale until you're either making a coaching change, a quarterback change, or you change a team name. That's it. That's how you get attention around here. 
if you're the Washington Commanders. But our friend Jeremy Fowler over at ESPN, they do an insider's piece every week. Him and Dan Graziano, another great insider. We'll have him on the show at some point. Dan Graziano does great work, covered the New York Giants for ESPN for a very, very long time. But, you know, they look at the NFL from a national perspective and really hone in on some of the big storylines across the National Football League. And when I'm getting ready for the show this morning, I'm reading the ESPN Plus article per usual. Then I see the Washington Commanders have made their way. We're only four weeks in. And the Washington Commanders have already made their way into an insider piece on ESPN. Now, it's very interesting. If you all pay attention very closely to the way things work in the media and who reports what and who's got what info, you know Jeremy Fowler has been getting spoon-fed Spoon-fed information by Commanders head coach Ron Rivera pretty much ever since he's taken over this football team. If you remember, Jeremy Fowler was the first one to report that Chase Young was going to start off on the physically unable to perform list. Jeremy Fowler was the one that first reported that Washington was indeed going to make the move and pull the trigger on a deal for Carson Wentz. Now, fast forward, we're sitting here heading into week five. In a win or else scenario. And now Dan Graziano and Jeremy Fowler, they're talking about the quarterback situation here in Washington. This is a quote from ESPN's Jeremy Fowler. Washington isn't looking to make a quarterback switch amid the commander's slow offensive start. Carson Wentz ranks 25th in QBR, but Washington expects him to play better in the coming weeks and believes he could be better supported, mainly Along the offensive line. So we've been playing this back and forth game between the media all season long. Earlier in the season, it started off with this group of idiots. Oops, I slipped it out. I used the I word. Calling out Jamin Davis for his poor performance, despite the rest of the defense playing like hot garbage. So now fast forward here a couple weeks. Carson Wentz isn't playing well. The offense is struggling. The offensive line in particular is not playing too hot them damn selves. Of course, Jeremy Fowler, he must live in Ashburn. You would think that he, he would live in Ashburn, how plugged in he is with his football team. Somebody who's not around them on a day-to-day basis. But this is the beauty. I'm being sarcastic when I say this, obviously. This is the beauty of the national media. Because now, Jeremy Fowler is an expert on the commanders. But I guess you are an expert when you're getting spoon-fed the information. Where else does something like this come from? Where else does a report like this come from? I'll read it for you again. This is a quote from ESPN Plus's insider piece. Top secret information. You got to pay $10.99 a month to find out this information. Quote, Washington isn't looking to make a quarterback switch amid the commander's slow offensive start. Carson Wentz ranks 25th in QBR, but Washington expects him to play better in the coming weeks and believes he could be better supported, mainly along the offensive line. That's ESPN's Jeremy Fowler talking about what could possibly be next in Washington, specifically at the quarterback position. Now, obviously, I'd be a nut. I'd be a nut, a crazy person, madhouse, cuckoo. If I was of the belief and mindset that right now, heading into this Sunday's winner-else contest against the Tennessee Titans, that right now would be an appropriate time 
to make a switch at quarterback if you're Washington. I'd be crazy if I thought that. I do not think that. But let me tell you this. I ain't too far away from thinking that. But look, 13 weeks left. I still need to see more data. I still need to see more evidence before I bench the starting quarterback. Because in this scenario, and we'll talk about this as the show progresses, because the quarterback situation here in Washington, it's a hot-button topic. Topic around the National Football League. All the national media writers are writing about it. Everybody who's got their own podcast is talking about it. Because you all know Carson Wentz is the most polarizing quarterback in the sport. He was written off this offseason, comes out balls in week one, but the last three weeks looks like he's been worth 28 cents and not $28 million. And that's the issue, right? But it's very interesting the way this nugget was worded by ESPN's Jeremy Fowler. The end of it takes me to a place I don't want to go. Quote, and believes he could be better supported, comma, mainly along the offensive line. Hey, Matthew, question for you, buddy. Question for you. Because I know you're just in tune with this football team as I am, right? Isn't Ron Rivera and company in charge of making sure Carson Wentz is, quote-unquote, supported better? Isn't that Ron's job? Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I do, in fact, believe that is the coach's job. Correct. Well, it's different. It's not just the coach's job. It's the coach's job when your coach is also your de facto general manager, right? See, it's another sticky situation here in Washington, and the writing's on the wall. And look, I say it all the time. In no way am I rooting for the failure of this football team at all. I'd be a crazy person to do that. I'm too emotionally invested in the product to do that. Straight up, I am. But, man, this thing reeks. This thing reeks and has a very foul odor to it already four weeks into the season. It already does. We're already speaking indirectly about folks to the national media. That is that is sloppy, to put it in layman's terms. You all know how it is. It's four weeks into the season. I'm ready to blow the damn thing up already, but we know that's not how this industry works. You need time. You got to give guys time. And I was the main one preaching that time and that you needed to exude patience with this group offensively. Go back and play the film from the summer. My number one quote in line from training camp that I continually dropped is the success of this offense is more about the results and the long-term success than it is about the day-to-day results. And right now, we're only four weeks in, a quarter of the way through pretty much. Right now, the process doesn't seem like it's going too well, especially when you seem like you're regressing. And that's my issue with Washington and Carson Wentz and this offensive line, is that you're regressing. So right now, you're in a situation where the more losses pile up, the hotter the seats get offensively for offensive coordinator Scott Turner, for guys along this offensive line. For quarterback Carson Wentz. That's why it's frustrating. Crazy people town. Really is. Carson Wentz is learning a new offense. Carson Wentz didn't ask to be placed behind this putrid offensive line. I said it yesterday. It's on the commanders. It's on Ron Rivera and company as to why this offensive line isn't playing worth a damn. Because guess what? 
they had the opportunity to participate in joint practices during training camp to get a gauge on just how good your guys are compared to the rest of the National Football League, and they didn't. They failed once again. So I'm not overly shocked by the lack of success we've seen offensively from this group. I do know this, though. Time is ticking. No matter what narrative and storyline you want to talk about with this football team, the number one issue is that time is not on their side. And right now, Ron Rivera and his success here in Washington is tied directly to the success of quarterback Carson Wentz. Because Ron Rivera shouldn't get to pick another quarterback, especially after you failed to do so in your first three years on the job. We're going to scout the opponent coming up next here. Our man Teron Davenport of ESPN. He covers the Tennessee Titans for NFL Nation. He's going to get us up to speed on everything that's going on in Music City. The Titans have figured it out as of late. Winners of two straight. What version of Tennessee does he expect the Washington Commanders to see? That's next right here on the Team 980 in the Odyssey app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Team 980 and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. Burgundy and Gold today, the new midday show here in town, giving you the best Washington Commanders coverage in the area. we got expert analysis, fan reaction, and the biggest names in Burgundy and Gold history. I want to read a tweet here because I, I told you I'm an equal opportunity employer, so to speak, right? Like I said, I'm not changing. We have 13 weeks left of this. Until this team shows me signs of life, I have no problem saying what needs to be said. At the Hirsch reality. Man, I think Nell is so smart, but this shrieky, loud talk, shock jock stuff is hard to stomach. Just talk football, dude. We don't need superficial radio shtick. You must not have been tuned in yesterday. You must not know who I am. I can't fake this. This is real. This is 15 plus years of misery. But I appreciate the love, though, man. Continue to continue to give free publicity. That's what we do around here. Joining me right now, though, on the Team 980 guest hotline to help us scout the opponent is Teron Davenport, ESPN NFL Nation reporter who covers the Tennessee Titans. You can follow him on Twitter at TDavenport underscore NFL. What's going on, my man? How are you? Hey, what's going on? It sounds like I came in on a, a nice little rant here, man. Let's go. Yeah, man, I'm <laughs> fired up, man. Look, I'm fired up because you know how it gets, man. Sometimes in this league, you just got to rip people a new one, especially here in Washington when the expectations were sky high. But on the Titans, though, Teron, where is this team's psyche right now? Because it's been a whirlwind for Tennessee. They lost the opener. Then you went and got your teeth kicked in by Buffalo. 
You lose Taylor Lewan and, and Harold Landry, two cornerstones of this franchise. But the past two weeks, we've seen them get it going. Defensively, they're turning people over. Derrick Henry looking closer to how he looked early last year. How has this team handled the adversity, and which version of Tennessee do you expect to see in D.C. on Sunday? Yeah, I think they've handled the adversity pretty well. They just kind of stayed the course. They didn't waver, even though they're getting blasted 64-7 to in the second half of, of, of this year. And they're just managing to, you know, hang on. That's what they did the last two weeks. They managed to hang on and, uh, you know, preserve a big lead. And uh, that's really been the advantage that they've had, you know, finding a way to win uh, late in the game. Definitely. What what have you what have you made of the play of Ryan Tannehill the first four weeks, Teron? He's twenty eighth in the league in attempts. Last week versus Indy, though, was pretty much what this team wants its offensive identity to be, right? Seventeen to twenty one, a buck thirty seven, two touchdowns. But Derrick Henry really got going for the second straight week. Do you think the success of Ryan Tannehill is predicated on how well this team runs the football? I think it is directly correlated because a lot of Tannehill's success comes on play action. He, most of his touchdowns this year have have been that way, and he had one uh, against the Colts last week. You know, there was a play action. It was a very well designed play, and it it, it put uh, Darius Leonard or Sha- Shaquille Leonard Shaquille. put him Shaquille. in a blender. Yeah, Shaquille Leonard. We'll call him Mama name him Shaq. I'm gonna call him Shaq. Uh, <laughs> But, no, I put him in a blender, and, you know, he went in all different directions. Robert Woods was wide open for an easy touchdown. So all of that is based upon defenses really honing in and focusing on Derrick Henry. And, and when he has success running the football, that natural step that they take forward on play action becomes two or three because they want to gear up to stop him. With Derrick Henry and his usage, man, it felt like, you know, the last couple of years he's gotten hurt or really has slowed down as the season has ended. Does Tennessee have some type of plan to to continue to ramp up his workload? Or, or do you expect this to, to be something where they play it by ear and really feed him when he's hot? Yeah, well, I mean, to be honest with you, last year he did get hurt. But when he got hurt, he was still right. – uh, he was leading the league of rushing. And then the year before, I mean, he finished it up with a 200-plus-yard rushing performance against Houston to get that 2K. So I, I think it's, it's, it's been more of the same with Derrick Henry as far as ramping it up and, and, and getting better as the season goes on. And I, that's what I would expect this year. And, and the thing that's interesting is with his performance in, in the first couple of days, a uh, couple of uh, weeks of the season, you know, everybody was like, oh, down year, down year, down year for Derrick Henry. But guess what? He averaged 70 yards per game in those three games, and he didn't do that in the year that he rushed for 2000. So it's, in my opinion, just status quo for Henry. Yeah. But the thing that I like is the sense of urgency that he's running with, and it's really working. Um, he's not getting hit. At least this last, this last game, he didn't get hit at or behind the line of scrimmage like before because coming into that week, he was hit on 27 out of 54 carries at or behind the line of scrimmage. And that's not a, a formula for Derrick Henry to get going. He's a downhill guy. He wouldn't get his numbers squared to the line of scrimmage and let him get busy that way. Yeah, obviously we mentioned the loss of Harold Landry defensively. How big has Danico Autry been during that time with Harold Landry out? I know a veteran guy that guys respect in that locker room. Obviously, when I heard the news about Harold Landry, about Harold Landry, I was ready to write the Titans off. Basically, coming off the season he had a year ago, 
I mean, a guy with that much impact on your team defensively, when you lose him, it's hard to pick up the pieces. Uh, but Tennessee's pass rush has been humming right without him. Yeah, Danico Archer has been kind of like a goblin, man. I mean, that guy is, is really coming in and, and, and doing an excellent job. And I, I think when you look at what he's been able to do, uh, last week especially, you know, getting to the quarterback and, and getting that sack uh, late in the game, that saved the day because that forced that 51-yard field goal. And it's just, you know, having him, and that was it was missed. Having him as a guy that could, you know, play on the inside and the outside, they use him on stunts and twists. In fact, I have a thing called Whiteboard Wednesday that I do on ESPN.com, and I, I draw up different things that I see, you know, that will work in, in, in the game that they're coming up. And that's that's one of the things I did, a, a way that they, they stun it with Danico Autry. You know, and it's because he is a guy that's so reckless. Yeah. And, uh, man – He's been a valuable part of the team. Definitely. How big of an impact, uh, Teron, do you think the loss of A.J. Brown has, has been to this offense? Yeah, that's been a huge – it's been a monumental loss for them. And it's funny, I talked to A.J. a couple of weeks ago, and <laughs> the first thing I said to him after, you know, I asked how he was doing and everything was, man, they miss you out here, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it real with him, man. Look. <laughs> they really do, and, and, and that's no slide on Traylon Burks or Robert Woods and, and the guys. Um, it's just A.J. Brown is a different type of receiver, and that was their you know counter to teams that would come up and, and, and stack the box the way that they would and, yeah. and push one-on-one covers on the outside. And it was like, okay, you want one-on-one? Yeah, we got a guy that wears number 11 that's going to do the thing to you, and that's how they would approach it. And now it's, it's – not as much of the case, and it's funny because talking to the receivers, uh, Burks, Woods, you know, I, I asked them about one-on-one coverage and how, you know, that's somebody putting their hand in your pocket, man. You got you got to take that personally, and they did say that, especially Burks. He said he takes it personally, but you know that the talk is good, but you got to lead it over to actually making somebody pay when they do that. How has Robert Woods been able to help mitigate that loss, Teron? Obviously, a veteran guy brings a lot of toughness to that unit. Some people, you know, want to say he's a one-trick pony, likes to take like to take the top off of defenses. But has he been able to bring that physical element to this offense that they're missing with AJ Brown? It's not the same physicality, you know, because you're right. talking two different body types. Like AJ, if you see him in person, you you, you think he's a running back. He's we're talking man. about six one, two two twenty five, two thirty, broad shoulders, very sturdy throughout, and that's why DBs tackle him, uh, bounce off of him when they try to tackle him. So, you know, he brought the physicality to the passing attack, whereas they would throw the short passes to run through a tackle and go 60. Robert Woods doesn't do that, but what he does bring is someone who could cut you up. And the last couple weeks, he's actually done a a really good job. You know, RPOs, they hit him on one of those. Um, Play action, you know, corner route, deep overs. And he's a guy that could work the middle of the field. And I will say this, he is more sure-handed than A.J. Brown, uh-huh. where if that ball gets in his area, he's going to catch it. A.J. had a couple drops. But you're going to kind of get that when you have a guy who's so excellent at yards after the catch because they're so quickly shifting to running back after they get their hands on the ball. Sometimes they shift it before they actually look it into the tuck. 
We're scouting the opponent here on Burgundy and Gold today. Joining us right now on the Team 980 guest hotline is ESPN NFL Nation reporter for the Tennessee Titans, Theron Davenport. You can follow him on Twitter at TDavenport underscore NFL. Obviously, the first two weeks were nightmarish for, for this group, uh, Teron. If things didn't turn around offensively for you guys, with the bye week being next week, were people calling for Malik Willis to be a part of the offense? It's a two-parter here for you. Are you surprised he's not being used in any capacity right now? Yeah, there weren't really any calls for Malik Willis because, to be honest with you, it's not as much on Ryan Tannehill as it is collectively on on, on the team. Right. Um, right. Tannehill has played in the games that they've won and even the Giants game that they lost. He played well enough for them to win. Now, the Bills game was just – that was just a disaster. Yeah. You're just yeah. That's one of those ones where – you watch the tape once, and then you burn it, and you never think about it again. And Definitely. that's what they did. So uh, I am a bit surprised that they didn't, they're not using Malik Willis because I think that's a little, like, wildcat type of package that they could go to. But um, I wonder if eventually that's going to be the case. Um, I know Willis is continuing to, to work, uh, special um, scout team, and, and do those things. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, man, look, I, I was definitely of the mindset that, man, they could use Freaky Leaky, man. Him and Derrick Henry in the same backfield doing some, some read option stuff. Look, man, I, I dubbed what you guys do that, down there in Tennessee. I dubbed it exotic smash mouth football because nobody runs the ball in different ways the way, like, the, the way the Tennessee Titans do. Talking and looking ahead to Washington, Teron, when, when you look at the tape, what offensively do you think is the issues for Washington right now? What challenges do you think this Titans defense will present? Man, it starts with the offensive line, especially the the guard play. Right guard, I think, has been been an issue. I I just watched the Cowboys, you know, pick on the right guard. Uh, Neville Gallimore, uh, you know, kind of had his way. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it, I, if you don't get protection up front, like nothing else is going to work. So I, I think that's the the key thing. Um, Carson Wentz has been able to connect with Jahan Dotson. Uh, that's been a, a pretty good combination. Now, of course, with Dotson has the hamstring, right? So yeah, I don't probably know. Probably not going to see him. Yeah. Yeah. So that's <laughs> the one thing that you have going is kind of taken away. I, I still I like Antonio Gibson. I, I think you could get him outside, right? And, you know, some of those stretch plays use his speed to get to the alley. You have something, and JD McKissick is, is is a big play guy as well so you know those are the things that i've seen um they ran the football decently last last week against the cowboys and you know the titans they are coming off a, a top flight performance keeping jonathan taylor to 40 something yards but uh you know that was because they dedicated everything to doing that you know so i want to see what happens this week yeah i know it's going to be a physical game sunday uh here at fedex the matchup is really intriguing to me on the other side of the football. Obviously, Washington is doing a really tremendous job right now stopping teams from running the football. Tennessee Titans, that's what they want to do is come out and punch teams in the mouth and run the football with that exotic smash-mouth football. What challenges do Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen bring on for, for the interior of that Titans offensive line? Man, I tell you what, Jonathan Allen, I put him in the same book as Nico Autry as as – severely underrated football players. And I think when you look at look at him, the way he can control the line of scrimmage, and then you got Deron Payne just collapsing the, the the interior the way that he does, you know, those guys getting into the backfield, 
that I think is something that will slow down the rushing attack. Being able to either get a, a hand on Derrick Henry or redirect him so that way he doesn't get that momentum going into the line of scrimmage. Like there's a reason why, and you'll see in the game, you know, when they're in under center, Henry is about eight yards deep, wow. and there's a, in practice, you know, there's literally a box during individual drill that is eight yards behind the line of scrimmage just to get the running backs focused on and, and used to that muscle memory of, hey, I have to line up this deep to get momentum going towards the line. It's like a ball of butcher knives rolling downhill, man. Nobody wants to stop number 22 when he's in the hole. Hopefully Washington has some success doing so on Sunday. I appreciate you joining me, my man. For sure. appreciate you guys. Take it easy. Always get smarter talking football with Teron Davenport. You can follow him on Twitter at TDavenport underscore NFL. And, man, listening to Teron, man, it's like I, the Titans, when the schedule first came out this summer, I know Tennessee was probably one of those games that the fans probably circled on their calendar and say, hey, look, we should have no problem taking down King Henry uh, and the Tennessee Titans. But right now, like Teron just said, they're finding their groove right now. And Washington is going in the complete opposite direction it makes for a huge, huge showdown Sunday uh, at FedEx in, in a game that I'm dubbing a win-or-else contest. When we come back, we'll take a little bit more of an in-depth look at the commander's offensive struggles. Who do you blame more for the commander's offensive struggles, Carson Wentz or this offensive line? I'll tell you what I think next. Team 980 and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. Great job by our man, Teron Davenport, tapping in with us, getting us up to speed, helping us scout the opponent. Tennessee Titans coming to town on Sunday in a game I'm dubbing a win-or-else contest here for Washington. And I said it in the opener. It's win-or-else, but I'm letting the fan base decide the or-else. I'm letting the people in the front office, decide the or else. Because at this point in time, four weeks into the season, something's got to give here with the Washington Commanders. And based off of what the Titans do well and what Washington does well, to make for an interesting game Sunday come 1 o'clock. The topic of discussion right now, though, trying to get to the bottom of why the Commanders have had just a terrible time offensively here the last three weekends. And really, I don't even, we can say the last three weekends, that second half in Detroit was a much more formidable effort. But man, what we've seen the last two weeks against Philadelphia and against Dallas, scoring a combined 18 points in eight quarters, you can't be competitive in the National Football League dealing with that little offensive production. It makes it hard on your defense, and it makes it hard on everybody else involved. But right now, it's either up to Carson Wentz or this offensive line, in my opinion, to make things better, right? And the blame could be spread around equally. Carson Wentz deserves some blame. The offensive line deserves some blame. Hell, even Scott Turner sometimes deserves some blame. But who do you blame the most for the Washington Commanders' struggles offensively? 
It's tough for me because I understand just how nuanced the quarterback position is. I understand just how difficult it probably is for Carson Wentz right now, learning the new verbiage of an offense, dealing with a new cast of characters, and you're getting the snot beat out of you up front. It's tough to function behind the commander's offensive line, and the numbers aren't pretty. They really aren't. Washington, ranked 31st in pass block win rate. That's via ESPN. Ranked 31st in pass block win rate. So basically, the numbers suggest that Washington has damn near the worst offensive line in the entire sport. Yet, we're supposed to blame Carson Wentz for the ineptitude of this offense? I don't think so. I can't. It's hard. It's hard. Just how Teron Davenport was talking about Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee and how it was difficult to blame him for their offensive struggles due to their poor offensive line. At some point, though, at some point, my $28 million quarterback has to overcome the adversity. And that's where I'm frustrated. That's where I expect more out of Carson Wentz. I expect him to be better. I do. But it's really tough, though, when this offensive line flat out right now just isn't giving Washington a chance offensively. And I was so thrilled and happy on Sunday when Sadiq Charles gets inserted into the lineup. A hand clap. A hand clap is almost deserved. Because I was beginning to get worried, man. We talk about the sense of urgency for this group. That's how you show that you have a renewed sense of urgency. I can't keep banging my head against the wall expecting a knot to not appear on my forehead. I can't keep kicking the can over expecting the drink not to spill. You get what I'm trying to say? At some point, at some point, get somebody else in there who can do the job. Get someone in there who's going to do what you're asking of them. And it seems like this has been a problem for Ron Rivera in this regime ever since they've gotten here. Last year, Washington was putrid defensively through the first seven weeks. It took eight weeks to make any type of substitution or personnel change defensively. You're seeing the same thing here. But this time it's year three. Last year, you had more wiggle room and leeway. But right now, as you currently sit here, backs against the wall, at one and three, you had to do something. And look, I'm not saying I'm in love with Sadiq Charles and the way he plays. His performance was okay Sunday against Dallas. There are things that Sadiq Charles does very well. One of them, one of them is his ability to get out in space and use his athleticism in the screen game, an area where Washington flourished Sunday against the Dallas Cowboys. And moving forward, that's going to have to be the recipe here. It is. It is. Because clearly, Scott Turner and his coaching staff, it's either one of two things. Either they don't trust Carson Wentz, or they don't trust this offensive line. Either way, either way, something's got to give here. Something's got to give here. But Carson Wentz is not blame-free at all. The names that are ahead of Carson Wentz in yards per attempt in QBR, in passer rating, he should be embarrassed. He really should. I should be embarrassed as a fan and somebody who considered themselves, what, what was my saying that I was using? I'm pulling 
the Wentz wagon. I'm still there. I'm not willing to throw in the towel on Carson Wentz yet because I understand the way the quarterback position works in the National Football League. I do know this, though. Man, at some point, I need my $28 million man to be better. You all wouldn't believe who Carson Wentz is behind in yards per attempt, QBR, and passer rating. I'll tell you who next right here on the Team 980 in the Odyssey app.